Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We should get started. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazin. And today, today's the day, baby. Today's the day. Today we're talking about why English spelling is so strange. Why is it so strange? You know, it gives us all problems. Native speakers, you know, people learning it as a second, third, fourth or fifth language. English spelling and pronunciation gives all of us problems at some point in life. All right. So we're together on this. You know what I'm saying? I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Okay. so today we're going to talk about it. But first. First, I want to try something new. I think I'm going to start including this in every episode of the podcast, and that is the word of the day. So if you get nothing else from this podcast episode, at least you will learn one new word. Hopefully, right? Because you might already know the word. I don't know. So the word of the day is, oh, and just so you know, just so you know, let me go back. Let me go back because I have a lot of notes here and I don't want to forget anything. So, before we get to the word of the day, let's do like a little introduction that I wrote here, okay? So, at this point, I'm just going to be reading. So, here we go. Anyone and everyone who learns English gets confused and frustrated by the inconsistencies between the spelling and the pronunciation of the language. Now, this makes it harder to write correctly, but more importantly, it makes it harder to speak correctly. The fact that we don't pronounce many of the letters in these words only makes it more difficult for English learners when trying to understand a native speaker. How are we supposed to speak if we don't know which pronunciation pattern to follow, right? How are we supposed to understand native speakers if parts of the words disappear when they're speaking, right? Well, in this episode, we're going to take a look at some of the reasons that English spelling is so strange and inconsistent. So I recommend that you get some kind of notepad or something you can write on or maybe type in your phone or on your computer because I'm going to be spelling uh, a lot of different words and it will be very helpful for you to be able to see these words 
on paper and not just hear me say them because English pronunciation and spelling are so different, right? And just to be clear, this episode isn't a guide on how to understand native speakers better or understand native pronunciation better. This is simply a look at the history of the English language so you can at least have a better understanding of how it became such a confusing language. All right? So, if that interests you, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Turn up the volume. You know what I'm saying? Pump up the volume. Pump, pump up the volume. All right, so now the word of the day. Let's get to it. The word of the day is snarf. Snarf. Okay, hopefully by now you have your pen and paper or pencil. You know, some people don't like the commitment. Right? Some people don't like the commitment of a pen. So they write with pencils, you know, because you can always erase your words if you make a mistake. Right? That little pink thing, normally it's pink, on the top of your pencil is called an eraser because you use it to erase. See, sometimes English is actually very easy. It's very logical. Right? Anyway, snarf. Hopefully you have something to write with at this point, even if it's something electronic. And snarf is spelled S like Sammy, N like Nancy, A like Alpha, R like Richard, and F like forget about it. Okay? Snarf. S-N-A-R-F. And what this means is to eat quickly and voraciously or aggressively, you know. And a more really snarf, you'll probably never hear this word. I've never heard it until I read it just now on the screen a more common word is scarf s-c-a-r-f scarf and this word scarf is often followed by the word down or up and it has the same meaning in this context to eat quickly or voraciously or aggressively so you might hear somebody say scarf down a meal which means you just eat it hella fast you know probably don't even take time to stop and breathe Right? You just scarf down an entire cheeseburger, scarf down a large pizza, right? So, scarf. Remember, it's followed by down or up. Normally, it's followed by down. We scarf down something, scarf down some food. All right? Now, 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 now. Let's get into the episode. All right? So, the way we're going to do this, I'm basically just going to be reading like some history points, giving you some explanations. And if we have time, Then I'm also going to be reading uh, an interesting list of common homophones in English. Now, what is a homophone? A homophone is, uh, well, homophones in this case are two words that are spelled differently but sound exactly the same. It's very common in English. Okay, those are homophones. So I'm going to be reading a list that you can then write down. I'm also going to be putting all the links um, from the research that I've done and all the links for the words that I'm going to be talking about or explaining to you in the show notes of this episode. All right. And uh, also, if we have time, I have an ebook here that one of my students sent me called, um, let's see if I can remember the fucking name. I think it's something like the 100 most mispronounced words in English or most commonly mispronounced words in English. So if we have time, then I'll also be sharing that with you as well. But um, I believe it's something that I'll also put in the show notes. So let's get this started. All right. Now, one of the reasons 
that um, English spelling is so strange, so messed up, so inconsistent, so confusing, is because spelling, like standard English spelling, was established while big pronunciation changes were happening in the language. Now, hundreds of years ago, written English was actually very flexible. You know, people spelled the same word in many different ways, right? Like, for example, the word beauty. Beauty. B-E-A-U-T-Y. Beauty. Okay? Let's take a look at some of the different ways that this word used to be spelled. Some of the ways that this word was spelled in the past, hundreds of years ago, okay? Beauty. And just to be clear, I've already told you the correct standard spelling today. B-E-A-U-T-Y. Now we're going to look at ways that the word was spelled in the past, but we no longer spell this word this way. Okay, so you can write down these spellings that I'm about to tell you, but just remember, they're incorrect. All right? Beauty. B-E-A-L-T-E. What the fuck? You know? How, how does that spell beauty? I wonder. You know, here's another one. B U U T E. To me, that looks like booty. <laughs> that looks like booty, bro. You know what I'm saying? I guess if you think about it, all variations of the word beauty could be pronounced booty. But anyway, another one. B E U A U T E. B-U-O-T. B-U-O-T. That's just too many vowels together. Just one, two, three, four, five vowels next to each other. What the f- What is that? You know? Another one. B-E-W-T-E-E. Now, that really looks like booty. It really does. Because if, right? Because N-E-W spells new. So, B-E-W should be boo. And then you have T-E-E and it's booty. <laughs> Uh, another one it's really very similar b e w t e just one e at the end instead of two another one is b e a u t e instead of b e a u t y like we spell it today and the last one is b e a u l t y e beauty how someone could ever spell the word beauty that way i'm not sure but apparently according to history people used to spell it like that you know so you could say back then eh, more or less english was or written english was a much more phonetic language it was written in a much more phonetic way you know and what i mean by that maybe i don't even know how to use the word phonetic correctly but what i mean by that is people just tried to write the word the way they pronounced it Alright, so things were simpler back then. It was a simpler time, you know? No cell phones, no computers. People just did what they want. No standards. Fuck it, right? However, however, when the Englishman named William Caxton, William is W-I-L-L-I-A-M, Caxton is C-A-X-T-O-N, when this man, William Caxton, brought the printing press, which is the machine used to print newspapers and books and things like that. When he brought this machine to England, this machine was invented in Germany and he did some kind of apprenticeship or he worked in Germany 
and um, he brought this technology back to England. I think, what year was that? I think 1476 or something like that. I believe it was 1476. Um, when he brought this technology to England, written texts like newspapers, essays, books, and articles, they could be distributed much easier and much more widely across the nation. So what this meant is that writers and printers had to create some kind of standardized way to spell all English words, right? Because you can't have the word beauty spelled one way in this book and then spelled another way in another book, right? Even if you, even if everyone understands the spoken word beauty, if you read it in two different ways in two different books, it's going to be extremely confusing. Now, imagine if it was like that for every word in the language, right? It's just, it's not a viable, you know, situation. It just, it's not, it wouldn't work, right? So, um, yeah, it would just be too chaotic. It would just be too chaotic. Even for native English speakers, right? We're not just talking about English learners, but just natives, anybody trying to read the language would be extremely confused all the time, you know? And I know what you're probably thinking, but Tony, that still doesn't explain why the standard English spelling that we see today is so strange. Well, you're right, my friend. You're right. That doesn't explain it. So here is part of the explanation. All right. Now, during the same time that the printing press was brought to England, major changes in English pronunciation were taking place. Okay. Now, to take place just means to happen. So when I say pronunciation changes were taking place, pronunciation changes were happening. It's the same thing. Okay. Now, around this time, Middle English was becoming Modern English. Okay. Now, I don't know if, if this exists, if, if it's the same thing in other languages, but the English language, from what I understand, I could be wrong, from what I understand, it's about 1700 or 1700 years old. Okay. And its history can be divided into three categories. We have Old English, Middle English, and Modern English. And Modern English is what we speak today. Hence the name modern English. All right. So once Middle English had become modern English, people had stopped pronouncing uh, many different letters in many different words. Okay. For example, get your pen or your paper because I'm about to spell a lot of words. All right. For example, the word knee, right? Like that, uh, the joint in your legs, the thing that allows you to bend your legs, that's your knee. And we spell it K-N-E-E. And it was around this time that Middle English was becoming modern English that people stopped pronouncing the K in the word knee. So the, the K is now silent. It's still in the word. We still write it. We just don't pronounce it. And I, I, I wonder to myself, how the hell would you pronounce the word with the K? Knee? Knee? Right? I'm, I can't even imagine how you would it doesn't even make sense it doesn't make sense for the letter to be there at all right another example is the letter g in the word gnaw okay g n a w gnaw the g is silent and if you ask me it has no business being there it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense right another example is the letter w in the word right 
W-R-I-T-E. We don't pronounce the W. It'd be extremely strange to us as modern English speakers if we did pronounce that W. War right? War right? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's strange. Another example is the letter L in the word talk. T-A-L-K. T-A-L-K. Talk. We don't say talk because that's the way it should be pronounced if you read it the way, I mean, if you say it the way it's written, right? Talk. But we say talk. Okay. Another example is the letter B in lamb. L-A-M-B. We don't say lamb. Right? We don't say lamb. We say lambo. But that is just short for Lamborghini. That's has nothing to do with what we're talking about. All right. But those are just some examples of the pronunciation changes that were happening at the time. Okay. And they had also, uh, this one's a little bit more difficult to understand, but I'm going to try to explain it. Okay. Another change is that people also stopped uh, using the back of the throat sound that you that used to be pronounced in words like night which is n-i-g-h-t or laugh which is l-a-u-g-h thought which is t-h-o-u-g-h-t or the word eight which is e-i-g-h-t now from what i understand this this sound comes from German pronunciation or German words because in the German word ach, which is A-C-H, apparently in the past we pronounced our words that had G-H in the same way. So it was neicht or lach or thocht or echt. From what I read, you know, the research I did, that's what I understood. I don't know if that's 100% right, but apparently we stopped making that sound with the back of our throat, nacht, or laugh. And now we just say night, laugh, thought, eight. You see, the G-H is really silent. It doesn't, when you, in terms of pronunciation, it doesn't need to be there, right? But the problem is, getting back to the main subject, the problem is, by the time that all these changes in pronunciation were complete, right, by the time we had these new pronunciation patterns and rules, the spelling for these words had already been established and standardized by the printing press. You see, so it was just bad timing, right? We were making changes to the way that we pronounce many words, but at the very same time, we weren't changing the spelling of these words. We were keeping them the way they were. They were both happening at the same time. So that is why you have, you have many words that reflect the old system, of spelling and pronunciation and the new system of pronunciation. You see what I mean? So that's the reason we get one spelling, one way of spelling, many different vowel sounds. Okay, maybe that sounds a little confusing, so I'll give you an example. You have the word need. K-N-E-A-D. Need. All right? You also have the word bread. B-R-E-A-D, bread. You also have the word where, W-E-A-R. And lastly, we have the word great, G-R-E-A-T, 
E-A-T. Now, if you pay attention, if you take a look, it's pretty obvious all of these words have the same vowel combination, E-A. But all of these words make different sounds. Need, bread, wear, crate. So E-A, this spelling, can make many different sounds depending on the word. And it's for that reason, because the spelling was standardized, but pronunciation had changed over time. You see? And also, we don't just get one spelling for many vowel sounds. We also get multiple spellings for one vowel sound. Okay? Now, again, maybe that sounds confusing, so I'll give you an example. You have the words do, D-U-E, and do, D-E-W. Right? Also, do, D-O, like I need you to do your homework. Right? Three different spellings for the same sound. Makes no sense. You also have the words so, S-O, like so what? And you have the word so, S-E-W, same sound, same exact sound, just a different spelling and a different meaning. Okay? So that's the reason, or at least part of the reason. Just because of bad timing, um, of the pronunciation changes and also the the invention of the printing press which forced us to standardize the spelling of our words all right hopefully you're still with me all right we're what 20 minutes in all right so that was the, one of the first reasons on my list that english spelling is so fucking strange all right so let's get on to number 2 One of the second reasons, one of the second reasons, come on, Tom, the second reason uh, that English spelling is so strange is that the literate class, meaning the class that could read and write and things like this, the educated class in England, used the French language until the 15th century. Okay? When the Normans, from Normandy, When the Normans invaded England in the year 1066, they brought their language with them, right? Obviously. Now, the general population kept speaking English every day. But the French, I said that wrong. But, you know what? I'm going to do the entire sentence again, you know, because I'm a perfectionist. We need perfection in this motherfucker. Okay. The Normans invaded England in 1066, and they brought their French language with them, okay? Now, the general population in England, the lower classes and things like that, they kept speaking English every day. But the French language was used in universities and legal courts and things like this, you know, places um, of high society, you know, places of the educated. French was used in these places. Now, this inevitably inevitably had an effect on the English vocabulary, right? Most of the English words that we took from French have been adapted to English spelling and pronunciation, okay? For example, the word attend, A-T-T-E-N-D, attend, comes from French, all right? But we adapted it to the way that we spell words and the way we pronounce words. We don't say attendre, say attend, Okay. Another example is blame, 
B-L-A-M-E, blame. Or the word enchant, E-N-C-H-A-N-T, enchant. Or flower, F-L-O-W-E-R. Or farm, F-A-R-M. Or join, J-O-I-N. Okay, and there's some other examples, but there are a lot of words here. I don't think you want to listen to me spell them all. Or maybe you do. Fuck it. Let's do it. Another word is lesson. L-E-S-S-O-N. Lesson. Or minister. M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R. Minister. Or proof. P-R-O-O-F. And there are many other examples, but those are the ones I have on my list. Okay? So, like I said, many words that we took from the French language, we have adapted to our spelling and pronunciation. But many words still have traces of their origin that cause many headaches, many different spelling headaches for us today. Right? For example, the word people. P-E-O-P-L-E. There's absolutely no reason for the letter O to be in that word, right? Or the word Jeopardy, J-E-O-P-A-R-D-Y. Again, no reason for the letter O to be in that word. Or Muscle, M-U-S-C-L-E, which, if you think about it, is muscle, right? What the fuck is the letter C doing in the word muscle? It doesn't make sense doesn't make sense or marriage marriage m-a-r-r-i-a-g-e it should be marriage if it's spelled like that right but no we say marriage okay or autumn a-u-t-u-m-n autumn which should be autumn autumn like there's the N in that word is so unnecessary, you know? Just adds to the confusion, right? Oh, and just in case you didn't know, another word for autumn, which is one of the four seasons of the year, you have winter, spring, summer, and autumn. But in the United States, it's much more common to hear somebody say fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall, instead of the word autumn. And I think It's just me using my logic here. I think we say fall because during this time of the year, all the leaves fall from the trees, right? So it's fall. All right. So the next time, the next time you're frustrated by English spelling and pronunciation, just blame the French, you know? (laughs) That was a joke. If If there's anybody French listening to this podcast, that was a joke. Don't get fucking triggered. All right. It was a joke. Let's move on. Uh, the third reason on my list that English spelling is so strange, so confusing, and so motherfucking frustrating is that at some point in time, it was like a trend. It was cool to change the spelling of English words just because. Just because. Okay? Now, according to my research, in the 16th and 17th centuries, People became really interested in ancient ideas, ancient art, ancient languages, and things like this. Now, this caused some writers to create spellings for English words based on Latin and Greek. 
even though English words had never been pronounced according to Latin or Greek spellings. It's weird, right? For some reason, they thought it looked more educated or more fancy or more elegant, right? To write words as if they were Latin or Greek words. For example, the word February, right? The second month of the year, February, okay? Um, this is, I guess, the way it's spelled today is very similar to the Latin word feb. Februarius, Februarius, I don't even know how to pronounce that, right? But for some reason, February is spelled F-E-B-R-U-A-R-Y. There's no reason for the letter R to be there. I seen, I seen, (laughs) this is life in English, not life in Portuguese, goddammit, I'm sorry. Um, There's no reason for the letter R to be there after the letter B. Because we don't say February. February. It's even difficult to say for me. We say February. Right? But for some reason, these fucking fancy pants just put extra letters in the word just because. Just because. Just because. You know, it looks better that way. Right? Another example is the word receipt. Right? Like the Latin word receptum. So instead of spelling the word R-E-C-Y-T, like it was spelled before, they changed the spelling to R-E-C-E-I-P-T. R-E-C-E-I-P-T. Receipt is how I imagine most English learners think that word is pronounced. But the P is silent. Just doesn't need to be there. You know, and this is also how words like debt, D-E-B-T, and the word doubt, which is D-O-U-B-T, this is how they got their B, right? Somebody just said, ah, fuck it, let's just put an extra letter in the word just because and make it silent, just because, you know? Other examples are the word salmon, which is spelled S-A-L. M-O-N, but we don't pronounce the L, or the word soldier, S-O-L-D-E-R. These letters got their L for the same reason, you know? Anyway, the English words, with their new Latin spellings, did have a very distant connection through French, because French, you know, comes from Latin as well. But the problem, like I said before, is that rewriting or changing the spelling of these words means that we're introducing letters that have no business being in the word, right? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, if you take a look at the etymological history, and I know that's a difficult word, etymological, E-T-Y-M-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L, etymological, or etymological, which basically just means the history of the word's origin and development over time. So what I'm saying is, if you look at the way history, or if you look at the way English has developed over time, there's no logical reason for us to have these extra letters in these words, you know? doesn't make sense. Like the S, the letter S in the word island, okay? I-S-L-A-N. 
N D Island. The S never had any reason to be there. Never had a reason. The word actually came from Old English, and um, this word I don't exactly know how to pronounce. England, right? England. But the word island used to be spelled in many different ways: I L L O N D, island, or Y L O N D, or I L a n d e all of these were perfectly acceptable ways to spell the word island until some fucking fancy pants picked up the s from latin the latin word insula i n s u l a right he just stuck it in there made it much more complicated than it had to be right other people complicated perfectly clear logical words by making them look more greek okay for example you have the words asthma a s m a asthma so but now today we spell it a s t h m a pronounced the same exact way asthma when it looks like asthma asthma but no it's asthma another one diarrhea was spelled D-I-A-R-I-A. But today, today we spell it D-I-A-R-R-H-E-A. What the fuck is that? You know? Another one, phlegm. In the past, it was spelled F-L-E-M-E. Very simple. But today, my friends, we spell this word P-H-L-E-G-E. M. Phlegm. So much more elegant, right? Right? I don't think so either. All right. But anyway, let's move on. How are we doing on time? 32 minutes. All right. We're doing good. So that was reason number three. Okay. Now let's move on to number four. Another reason that English spelling is so strange, so fucking weird, is because When we borrow words from other languages, we let these words keep their spelling, right? In the past, like I mentioned before, we would take words from French, but we would adapt them to our pronunciation, but also our spelling. But I guess, I don't know exactly how it happened or how it works, but I guess, I'm guessing, over time, we stopped changing the spellings, right? I don't know why, I don't know how, but apparently, that's what happened. So... Like I mentioned just a second ago, when we borrowed words from French back in, you know, 1066, the year 1066, we would let them, we would let those words, no, we wouldn't. I'm fucking up here, fucking up here. Let's start again. Back in 1066, when we borrowed words from French, we would change the spelling and pronunciation. But around 700 years later, we willingly borrowed a whole you know, large group of words from French, many of them referring to the finer things in life, okay? And we let them keep their spellings, but we pronounce them in our own way. So, now we have words like bouillon, B-O-U-I-L-L-O-N. To be honest, I don't even know what that is. Um, We have casserole, also comes from French, C-A-S-S-E. 
E R O L E casserole. Very good. My mother makes a delicious hamburger casserole. It's very simple. She does. She puts uh, ground beef um, on the bottom of the pan. On top of that, she puts mashed potatoes, and on top of that, she puts cheddar cheese. Then you just put it in the oven, let it cook for a while, take it out, and you eat it as if it were a cake. Eat it as if it's like cake, and that's the best analogy I can give you. But man, that shit is delicious. Okay. Anyway, another example, vinaigrette, vinaigrette, right? But we say vinaigrette, V-I-N-A-I-G-R-E-T-T-E. That is a long word, bro. Vinaigrette. Another one, protégé, or protégé, right? We spell it the same way as the French, but we just pronounce it a little bit differently, protégé. P-R-O-T-E-G-E. And there's little accent marks on both E's because of the French. Right? Just blame the French, like I told you. Ballet. B-A-L-L-E-T. The T is silent. Ballet. Bouquet. B-O-U-Q-U-E-T. Bouquet. Or boutique. B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. Silhouette. S-I-L-H-O-U-E-T-T-E. Man, French words are long as fuck, man. Etiquette. E-T-I-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Etiquette. Or faux pas, which is two words. F-A-U-X, space, P-A-S, faux pas. Champagne, or champagne, right? Champagne, C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E. So we don't say champagne. We don't say that. We don't say champagne. We say champagne. Like the French, because we're elegante, right? Uh, another one, which you probably won't hear almost ever, is hors d'oeuvres. Two words. H-O-R-S, space, D, apostrophe, O-E-U-V-R-E-S. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. I don't know how to pronounce that like the French, but you get the idea. All right. Now, of course, the French language isn't the only language that we've borrowed from. And when I say we, I mean English speakers. Um, When we see something that, you know, we think is nice or that we can use in our language, we just take it the way it is. Right. For example, gorilla or guerrilla. Right. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L. L A gorilla or piñata P I N A T A and I believe this comes from Spanish piñata so the N is actually enye it has a little it has a little accent over the N I'm sure you know what I'm talking about or llama llama L L A M A llama 
or the word angst. Angst. A-N-G-S-T. Angst. Now, this word I do not know. Kitsch. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. K-I-T-S-C-H. I probably should have looked that up before I started recording, but fuck it. Um, fjord. Fjord. This is the strangest one. F-J-O-R-D. Fjord. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Czech. Like Czech Republic. C-Z-E-C-H. Czech. And people from the Czech Republic are Czech. So I met a Czech man or a Czech woman, right? Um, I don't. The next word on this list, I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce, so I'm not even going to say it. All right, let's move on to the last word, which is zucchini. Z or Z. Some people say Z. Some people say Z. I think they say Z in England. We don't. You don't really hear too many people say Z in the United States. But anyway, zucchini. Z. U-C-C-H-I-N-I. Zucchini. Zucchini. I've never had zucchini in my life, and I probably never will. Um, all of these words, gorilla, piñata, llama, angst, kitsch, ford, Czech, zucchini, all of them have been taken from other languages, and we just kind of keep them the way they are. We don't, we're not going to change the way that they're spelled, or at least we haven't changed the way that these words are spelled. Maybe in the future, some fancy pants um, will like to change it. You never know. You never know. But yeah, man, that's um, those, after the research that I've done, those are the reasons that I found that English spelling is so strange, so frustrating, so confusing. Okay? So like I said in the beginning, this isn't some kind of guide to help you understand English speakers better you know, or understand the pronunciation better. It's just to help you understand why things are the way they are. Because no doubt, undoubtedly, at some point during your English learning learning process, you asked yourself, why the fuck is this so confusing? It doesn't make any sense. Especially if you speak a language based on Latin, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Italian, Romanian, something like this. If you speak a language like this, and you're trying to learn English, for example, it's got to be extremely, and I mean extremely frustrating, because in your languages, if you speak one of those languages, it's it's much more logical, the pronunciation, right? The letters make the same sounds all the time, every time, right? And there's a, a simple pattern you can follow, but in English, it's really, it's not that simple, just because of the history of the way the language developed, you know? So, like I said, maybe that's not helpful in your your learning process, but I think it's still a really interesting subject, you know. So I wanted to share it with you. And we're at 41 minutes and 46 seconds, which means we still have a little bit of time to go over some interesting words. So now I'm going to read a list of 25 English homophones. And remember, I said homophones are basically two words that are spelled differently but sound exactly the same, okay? Homophone, H-O-M-O-P-H-O-N-E-S, all right? And just another tip, whenever you see the prefix homo on a word, it means the same, 
right? Homophones or homogenous, right? Or homosexual. All of these mean it gives you the idea of the same, okay? A pair, something like that, all right? So, 25 very common English homophones. Let's get to it. The first two are the words eight and eight. All right, now the first one, A-T-E, is the past tense of the verb to eat. A-T-E. For example, I ate an entire pizza and now I'm full. I'm going to take a nap, right? The second word, eight, is spelled E-I-G-H-T, okay? The number after seven and the number before nine, eight, all right? For example, um, I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, all right? Cool. Now, um, I'm reading here off this list and I see... A popular children's joke. So maybe you'll find this funny. I don't know. I think it's kind of stupid. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that before I told you the joke. But here's the joke. Why was six afraid of seven? Why? Because seven, eight, nine. <laughs> that was funny, right? Yeah, I didn't think so either. All right, number two, bear and bear, bear and bear, Um, B-A-R-E, this is an adjective, okay, if something is bare, it means that it's not covered or decorated, right, like your bare skin, which means there's no clothing on your skin, or bare feet, it's very common to say bare feet, for example, Tom likes to walk around the house in his bare feet, which means He likes to walk around with no shoes or no socks on. His feet are not covered. Okay? Now, the other form of this word, bear, is B-E-A-R, which is the animal. Okay? Um, Like, for example, if you go camping in the woods, depending on where you are, you might see a bear. Right? All right. Number three is, I guess, three homophones. Bye, bye, and bye. Right? Like the song? The NSYNC song? Bye, 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 bye. I don't want to... You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Bye, bye, bye. Please tell me you've heard that song, man. Come on now. Come on. It's a classic. All right. The first bye. B-U-Y. This is a verb. Okay? It means to purchase. Okay, for example, do you think you could buy me lunch and I'll pay you back tomorrow? Okay, to purchase something. When you exchange money for a product or a service, you buy it. Okay? Um, the second version of buy, B-Y, is a preposition. For example, this book was written by Tony Kaizen. Okay? The third version, B-Y-E, is an exclamation. Right? It's a shorter form of the word goodbye. It's what you say when you know, you're leaving someone or you're leaving a group of people. Right? Like, I have to go now. Bye. See you later. Peace. Ciao. Right? We don't say ciao. I mean, you might hear some English speakers say ciao, but obviously it's not an English word. Right? 
Okay, number four. I don't know if we're going to have time for all these words, man, but I'm going to try. Cell and cell. C-E-L-L is a noun. And a cell is a small area or a room, typically in a prison. All right, in prison, each inmate or each prisoner stays in a cell. Okay. Um, now, the second version of this word or the second form is to sell, the verb, S-E-L-L. Okay, now this means to exchange a product or a service for money, right? So if I have an iPhone and you have a thousand fucking dollars, you buy the iPhone from me, which means you give me the money for the phone, and I sell the iPhone to you, which means I give you the phone for the money. Okay, so to buy is to give money for a product, and to sell is to give a product for money. All right. Uh, number five, do, do, and do. Okay, the first version is D E W. Now, this is a noun, and this is not an extremely common word, but you might hear it sometimes. Do is basically a name for small drops of water that accumulate on plants or other objects when they're outside during the night. For example, like if, you, if you've ever been on a soccer field in the middle of the night for some strange reason, or maybe really, really early in the morning, if you go out and you look at the grass, there's little drops of water all over the grass. Not because it rained, but just moisture that accumulates on the grass. We call that dew. Okay? Um, the second version of this word, D-O, is the verb, and I'm sure you know what this means. It just It's used to indicate an action. Right. What do you usually do on Friday nights? Okay. It indicates an action and it's also used as an auxiliary verb. Okay. The third version, do, is D-U-E. Okay, this is used to indicate deadlines. Right? For example, my dissertation or my um my term paper, this paper that I have to write for university, is due on Friday. Which means the deadline is Friday. I have to deliver it or turn it in by Friday, no later than Friday, okay? Hopefully, that makes sense. All right, number six, I and I, right? I and I. The first one, E-Y-E, I, is the body part, right? That thing, those two things that you use to see, those are your eyes. You know that, right? The second version is the pronoun, the letter I, right? Which is how you talk about yourself. I like soccer. I like pizza. I like women. You see? It's just how you talk about yourself. All right? It's a personal pronoun. No, excuse me. A subject pronoun. Um, number seven, fairy and fairy. Okay? The first one, F-A-R. No, 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 no. Hopefully you have an eraser because that's not how you spell it. The correct spelling is F-A-I-R-Y, fairy. And this is like a mythical creature that can do magic. Like Tinkerbell from, uh, what movie was that? Peter Pan. Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. She was a fairy. Okay. The second version of this word, fairy, F-E-R-R-Y, is a boat that moves passengers or vehicles across water. Okay, it's normally used for long distances um, or places where there are no bridges. 
Okay, it's a very big, slow-moving boat that transports people and vehicles. It's a ferry. All right, uh, flower, number eight. F-L-O-U-R. Okay, this is the main ingredient in bread, right? It's, um, it's a powder made from different kinds of grains, okay? Um, the other version of this word, flower, F-L-O-W-E-R, is a colorful plant, right? Like a sunflower, um, rose, or tulip, or something like that. These are flowers, okay? Number nine, four, F-O-R, is the preposition, okay? Usually, we use this word to indicate a person who receives something, or we use this word to indicate a purpose. For example, we wanted to buy a chocolate cake for Tony's birthday. The bakery didn't have any chocolate cakes for sale, so we got vanilla instead. Okay? Uh, the second version of this word, F-O-U-R, is the number after the number three and before the number five. Okay? Number ten. Here. H-E-A-R, which is the verb that talks about the action that you perform with your ears. You hear with your ears. You see that? Yeah. And the second version of this word, H-E-R-E, is an adverb, technically. And here indicates the place where you are at any particular moment. I am here, sitting at my desk, recording this podcast. You are there, probably at home, or maybe at work, or maybe at the gym, or maybe on the train. Wherever you are, you're there, and I'm here, right? All right, cool. We're doing on time, 52 minutes. All right. I don't know if we're going to be able to finish, but I'm going to try. You know what? We'll go to 13 just because I like that number. All right. Number 11, our and our. The first one, H-O-U-R, is a noun, and it's a period of time that lasts 60 minutes. So 60 minutes is an hour. Okay. Now, the second version of this word, O-U-R, is a pronoun. Okay, it's a, it's a possessive pronoun for the form of we. Okay, so I have my computer, you have your computer, but we have our computer. You see what I mean? It's, it belongs to both of us. It's ours. And um, just a quick tip, you'll hear many American English speakers say are instead of our you will definitely hear it pronounced both ways. Like, this is our computer. Right? This is our house. This is our microphone. Or, this is our computer. This is our house. This is our microphone. You're going to hear both forms of that word or both pronunciations of that word. Okay? So just, you know, pay closer attention when listening to an English speaker. Okay? Number 12. No and no. Okay? K-N-O-W which is to have knowledge or understanding of something. And N-O, no, is basically, it indicates a negation of something that is not true, right? There is no good reason to jump off a building, right? Maybe there is, I don't know. But you get the point, you get the point. There's no good reason, okay? Or do you like uh, cabbage? No, I don't like cabbage, 
You understand? You know what these words mean, man. Come on now. Come on, Tone. Come on, Tone. Come on, Tone. That's me just talking to myself, trying to get it together here, trying to get it together. And I highly recommend that you talk to yourself in English. Okay. Maybe you'll feel crazy. Maybe it seems strange. Maybe people will look at you like you're a fucking weirdo. Doesn't matter. Talk to yourself in English. If you don't have an English teacher, if you don't have friends that you can practice English with at the moment, talk to yourself. And why is this important? I'm sure I've talked about this before, but I can't remember. So we're going to talk about it again. Why is it important to talk to yourself in English? Because this is how you force yourself to think in English. If you're talking to yourself, then obviously you're producing thoughts, right? Right? Of course you are. So when you're producing thoughts in this foreign language, you're training your brain to produce thoughts in this foreign language. It's a muscle, right? Just like going to the gym. You know, this week you lift 20 kilos. Next week, 22 kilos. The following week, 24 kilos. And you just get stronger and stronger and stronger until before you know it, you go in there, you're lifting 75 kilos like it's nothing. Just a fucking boss. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with English. The same exact thing. So you can never expect to be fluent or speak well or speak naturally if you're not practicing all the time. And if you have no one to practice with, practice with yourself. Another benefit of this is that when you're speaking to yourself in English, you're going to realize that there are many holes or many gaps or many spaces in your, your, your English language skills. And what I mean is, let's say you're trying to talk about what you did today. Like today I woke up, I brushed my teeth, and I, uh, fuck, I don't know how to say that, right? So when you get to that point where you don't know how to say something, when you're talking to yourself, now you know, oh shit, this is what I need to study today. I need to learn how to express this idea. I need to learn how to say this. What is the verb for this action? And then you go and you study that. Now you know how to say it. So tomorrow when you talk about what you did, you'll be able to do it. Right? So you just keep doing that and you hit wall after wall after wall. Just keep hitting walls because every time you hit a wall, you'll learn something new. That's how we learn, by making mistakes. Right? So that is the benefit of talking to yourself in a foreign language. Okay? But before we get out of here, let's get the last one. It's not the last one on the list, but I said I'd stop at 13. And uh, these last two homophones are night and night. All right. K-N-I-G-H-T. It's a noun. And it's a man given a special honor by a king or a queen. Uh, I don't even know if knights exist anymore. Right. But like in medieval times, they would dress up in the big suit of armor and have the sword and they'd fight over nothing. Uh, the second version of this word, night, N-I-G-H-T. There's no K. N-I-G-H-T is the period of time when it's dark outside and most people sleep, right? Like 8 p.m. until, you know, 4 a.m. It's nighttime, right? I prefer to work at night because it's quieter, it's not as hot, and I can concentrate better, right? All right. Now, like I said, there's more words on this list, and there's also another, and there's an entire other ebook. Uh, I believe it's called The 100 Most Commonly Mispronounced 
words in English or something like that. I'm going to put all this information in the show notes so that you can read it as you're listening to it. Or maybe just read it later when you don't have anything to do. Maybe you're on the bus, you're on the train, you're whatever, whatever. I think it'll be much more helpful and effective if you can read and access all this information yourself while you're listening to this transmission. All right. But I guess that's it for now, man. I really hope that you found this episode insightful, interesting, you know, uh, a little entertaining, something like that. I really believe and hope that um, can you hope and believe at the same time? I don't know. Anyway, we'll save that for the philosophy episode. But I really hope and I believe that um, you've gotten something valuable out of this podcast. If nothing else, just trained your your brain and your ears to listen and comprehend, listen to and comprehend the English language. You know what I mean? Learn a little bit of history and also how to spell many challenging words in the English language. Okay. But like I said, that's it for now, my friends. Um, so I'm going to get out of here. I'm hungry. All right. About to go make some breakfast. So this has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.